there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Mei Xu. I can imagine some of our listeners are thinking right now, okay, how did you go to finding factories in China to mass produce and manufacture those sophisticated candles? Was it because of your network? Well, actually, they say no. Nobody wants to make the candles. They don't even know how to make it. Remember, China was never a place where they have a nice fragrance industry. They have some flavor business, which is for food. Fragrance candles was not started and was not there when I started. So when I told people, I'm going to send fragrance oils from the U.S. and make them put it in the candles, the first thing they ask is, how much do you buy? And I told them how much I'm buying. For one container, 20-foot containers, probably 10,000 candles, I want 50 different varieties, you know, 50 different fragrance level. And they say, forget it. We're not doing it. We only work with Walmart and the, the likes. We don't work with people that are so small like you because it's not productive. So, and we don't know what you're talking about. Fragrance, we're going to buy fragrance from, from the U.S. and then we put it back and we ship it back to the U.S. No, we're never going to do that. So I was really devastated. The samples I made was beautiful in my basement. I showed it to a lot of stores such as Bloomingdale's and Nordstrom. Immediately, they want to buy it. There's nothing like that. The colors are very updated. It's a beautiful, bright colors with two fragrances that I mix them at home. So unlike my competitor, which are very established, but very traditional, I would put a vanilla with lavender or a mint with watermelon. So you're the one who started that. (laughs) (laughs) I said, to hell with just mulberry candles and pine candles. I think there's something else that we can do. And obviously, I have to do something different just so that people, you know, started to realize there's more to what they already buy. And I didn't even make them in a jar. I make them in a pillar candle. So it's very decorative. It has a snowflake texture. The buyers love It's really what they lack in the contemporary area for their home. So how did you crack the code in China? Um, So I was complaining to my sister, who is trained as a mathematic genius and turned into a computer scientist. And she just said, okay, I'll set up a factory for you. I said, what? You're going to quit your job as well? And your husband, who's a professor of mathematics in Zhejiang University, she said, yeah, you have quit your job, so I'm going to quit mine. That's how it all started. A family of candle makers. (laughs) Don't even ask me how my parents think about these two crazy daughters of theirs. Well, what did they say? They say, you better know what you're doing because we educated you to become scientists and diplomats. And what do we got? Two candle makers. They don't even know what you do with candles because in China, they don't burn candles. That's when you don't have power 
and you burn some white, you know, candles. And then as soon as the light come back, you, you blow it out. It reminds them of the long history of suffering. So as I listen to you tell this story, May, what is coming to the surface for me is the importance of the network that you create, starting from when you're a young person. Obviously, you've got your family, you've got your friends, but look how you tapped into your network of classmates. Mm -hmm. Had it not been for them, what would you have done? Nothing. I would say not only classmates, later on in my life, you also tap into your neighbors. I tap into my friends from another school of my older son. More and more, I think people realize that this is incredibly important to turn into your network for advice, for support, for opportunities, as well as for growth. Because there's so much similarity in in the opinions or in the experience of you that it's already a trust factor that I think it's, you know, my sister trusts me that whatever I'm doing, I'm going to try my best. And when I have that trust in a vendor who doesn't care how small the first order was, and even now, if I say, obviously, I'm not in the candle business, but even now I say pig is going to be big next year as a motif, make some candles that look like pig. She'll trust me because I've never failed in those things. And she kind of look at me as someone that even if it failed, I'm going to find a place I can sell those candles that look like <laughs> pig. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's that kind of, uh, I'm not going to leave her hanging there. Yes. So it's also important to follow up. And yes. maintain the trust right. that you have with your various colleagues and friends and in network. your network. I mean, that that is why I feel there's a trust factor because people know where to find you. And you know, you know that there is a comfort level that whatever does not work, they'll give you another chance. So let's move to Bliss Living Home. Why and when did that come into being? And for our listeners, we should tell them that Bliss Living is a culturally inspired luxury home textiles company. Bliss Living come about because both my sister and I felt really bad for the employees she had in Hangzhou. In 2006, we moved our factory out of Hangzhou and part of it to Vietnam because anti-dumping duty for Chinese-made candles rise to 106%, effectively shut that whole country down for manufacturing. Even though our product has never been low-priced, many are. And as a matter of fact, because China is a non-market economy, it means if one company has dumped product, every company in the country have to be subject to that duty. If you're, let's say, Europe, if you're Italy, if one company is dumping shoes, for example, it's only that company that gets the anti-dumping duty because it's considered a market economy. So because of that, we have over 2,000 staff in Hangzhou that has started with us when we built the factory in two, uh, 1995. So they have moved, as you recall, the great migration out of countryside. They would bring their family and then their brothers. And eventually, because they have young children, they bring their parents to our factory. And we usually build homes for them, you know, apartment buildings. And now we have 2,000 people that basically will have to find another job. And not only them, we probably support around 10,000 people from the children's to the, the parents. But they are also very dedicated and they they really grow with the company. So one of the ideas I have with my sister is maybe there's something else that we can let their background become another skill set that can lend them a job. So 
there's nothing we can do immediately. But one of my thought was, and that was a little bit of a miscalculation, to be honest with you, was home textile because I'm always looking for gap. And the gap I felt in bedding is that everything is pretty mundane. You know, it's usually white, it's usually ivory, and some some kind of color, and the prints or whatever it has is very Laurel Ashley. And I said, why don't we make some impressive modern art on the bedding? That is a expression of where you have traveled. So if you go online, you can see that all the collections have 250 count with satin finish, so very soft. But on top of that, none of the design is a solid color per se. We have travel-inspired designs that are cropped. So instead of repeating in a row to print the design, it's usually engineered printing, which is more demanding, but then it's an image that is like a painting. We have collections that are very large-scale printing of a flower or continuation of medallions. One of our most successful collection comes from my trip to Shangri-La in the border of Yunnan and Xizang. It's a beautiful uh, color story inspired by the bells in the Buddhist temple, the robe of the monks. And it's just juxtaposed in a way that brings you to that area. And our story also is about styling it with great texture of pillows and throws so that we sell the whole story. And it was really becoming the catalog. Remember those are days you still print, print catalogs? My catalog almost land always at the first Monday meetings of every single store. It was always part of a conversation by the Target Home, Neiman Marcus, Bloomingdale. They love that look because it's modern, but it's global. And it was that concept that is no one has done that. And we were really picked up by all the all the stores. Nordstrom even worked with us for a very long time. My takeaway from what you've just shared is that you hit a problem with your business in terms of the tariffs that China was putting into or that were put into place on Chinese exports mm-hmm. on candles. Right. So you and your sister were worried about the 2,000 employees you had in China and their family members, the right. thousands of others. And so you pivoted your company right. to help your employees, really. Right. Yes. And that's how you grew Bliss Living Home. Yes. Was out of that. So it was what could for some have been the end of the road. You right. would have said, well, we have to shut down the factory in China and we're just right. going to be working in Vietnam. Right. But instead, your commitment to the community. They are my friends. I've known them for more than 10 years. They supported us and they grow the brand as what it is uh, today because of their hard work. So it's my family. It's not different than my family. It's just that they are much bigger families now. And by the way, there are a lot of relationships, right? A lot of young men and women started there and they got married. So can you imagine they really are three generations kind of engaged in our work? And I don't know if you realize the culture is such that they have a lot of celebrations, right? And they have a lot of performances that put together by people that have talent. So you get to know them really well. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. 
Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.